Okay, good morning everyone. Welcome to the Life and Torah of our leaders. Usually we are live Tuesday mornings at 11.30. This week we are live Wednesday morning at 11.30 due to a scheduling conflict. And I thank whomever switched with me and was able to accommodate the uh, change. Special welcome to our Torah Anytime viewers and listeners who are Bez Hashem be joining the Shir. Again, we are live with First Seder Bismedjish, firstseder.org. Go there to uh, get more information about this wonderful program. The next, uh, I should say, a bunch, series of shiurim have been sponsored by a good friend of mine, Rabbi Yitzhak Saflis, friend for many, many years, and uh, he's a big fan of uh, these shiurim and the schus of all the gedolim and tzaddikim that we learn about uh, should be oimed for him, for uh, all of the listeners, he said, Sponsored in honor of all the listeners, it should be a schus for Klai Yisrael. Today we are going to talk about Rabbi Yitzchok Elchanan Specter, known as the Kovnerov. And, you know, as they say in high school, I really need like a double period for Rabbi Yitzchok Elchanan. We will try to get in as much as we can in today's shir. Rabbi Yitzchok Elchanan was born in the year Tovkuf Ayin Zayin, 1817. Now a lot of the history of Rabbi Yitzchok Elchanan is known to us through his secretary, Rabbi Yaakov Alevi Lipschitz, who wrote a sefer called Taldus Yitzchak, and very multi-volume sefer called Zichron Yaakov, of his uh, memoirs and letters. So Rabbi Yaakov Lipschitz says that Rabbi Yitzchak himself did not know exactly when his birthday was. He knew the year, but he did not know the exact date. He was born in a city called Ruz, R-O-S with a apostrophe Ruz. In Hebrew they write it Rush. And that is uh, in, the, uh, in the province, in the area of Haradna, we call it Grodna, which is what's in uh, western Belarus today. Raz is a city, Arash is a city about 60 kilometers southeast, southeast of Grodna. His father, as he writes in Akdama to all of his farim, he calls him Arav HaGadol, HaTzadik HaMeforsim, the famous Tzadik, Mareinu Rav Yisrael Isser. In the preface to Be'er Yitzchak, his first sefer, so he writes, Yitzchak is his name, and Be'er, he writes, is the Rashi Tevois, Ben Reb Isser. He writes, Ki Nikra Befikal B'Shem Reb Isser. Even though his name was Yisrael Isser, he was well known as Reb Isser. His mother's name was Rachel Bas Reb Yitzchak. Um, his father was Yisrael Isser Ben Elchanan. So we could assume he was named after both grandparents Yitzchak Elchanan. His father was a Talmud of Reb Chaim Chaikol from Amdar and his son Reb Shmuel. Reb Chaim Chaikol was one of those first um, <clears throat> Litvish uh, Hasidish Rebbes. He was the one who brought Hasidus to Lit- Lita, our Rebbe, mine and Rabbi Greenspan. Rab Brevda was a direct anical of Reb Chaim Chaikol. And in fact, Reb Brevda used to say, I remember in the Shurim numerous times he said that uh, Reb Chaim Chaikol didn't have such a big following because his Avoidah was to fast from Shabbos to Shabbos. That was the Avoidah that, he, uh, that, 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 that uh, he used and he founded. So he says you don't get such a big following with that type of Avoidah. So, but uh, Reb Isser was a Talmud of his. Um, Amdar is also that same neighborhood of Grodna. These are like the, the, the Litvish Hasidim. Slanim is in that neighborhood. So, <clears throat> his first Rebbe was his father. He learned from his father. And some of the historians say it's an interesting thing that Rabbi Tzagachanan is the quintessential Litvak, the Rav of Kavna. We don't find any 
um, any any little bit of Hasidus, even though his father seems to for sure have Hasidus and Etias. The neighborhood he lived in had Hasidus and Etias, but we don't find anything about Rabbi Tzikochanan to do with Hasidus. Just an interesting thing. And his father was one of his first rabbeim. About the age of ten is when his mother was Nifter, and his father was a big anav. And because of that, even though his son Rabbi Tzikochanan was an Eloi, um, but uh, no one really knew about him. Until Ramosha ben Uri from the city of Kedan, he's the Mechaber of a Sefer called Imre Moshe Megillah Esther, somehow ended up in Ruz and he somehow came across this wonder child, this brilliant child. And uh, he had an, a, a, a friend named Rebelezer Yazreski from the city of Volkovisk. We talked about this city a few years ago. And Rabbi Tzakai Zichavar was a rav there, as we'll see in a moment. And he told him it would be a good shidduch for his daughter, uh, Sara Rezel, this daughter of Rebbe Lezer. Um, now, <clears throat> a little bit before that, I guess as his name became a little bit more widespread, there was another uh, wealthy person in Volkovisk who wanted him as a son-in-law. And when Rabbi Tzakochanan, again, he was all of 12 years old at the time, was sitting at the table speaking and learning with his what would be his future father-in-law, they're ready to finish the Shidduch. seems on the table there, there were a bunch of dips or types of foods, and uh, without thinking, he like he stuck his fingers in, or he ate it in a way that wasn't not uh, becoming, it was not manners, he was totally involved in his learning. And the Kala saw it, and the future Kala saw it, or potential Kala, I should say, and her mother saw it, and they said, no, this is not for us. And um, when Reb Lazar Yesreski, when his wife, Bluma, heard about it, she said, no, Adarabah, she said, the Teres Hashem is so sweet in his mouth and it's much more precious than any of these dips or any of these other foods and this is who we want for our daughter so the Shidduch came about he was about 12 years old and Be'erich at about the age of 13 was the Chasana and he went to live in the city of Volkovisk. Again, Volkovisk is only about 15 kilometers south of Ruz. So it was the same neighborhood. Um, even sometimes they even put Ruz and Volkovisk together. Ruz might even be like a little suburb of Volkovisk. Now, his father-in-law supported him, was wealthy. His father-in-law arranged that he should learn for a half a year with Rebelio Shik. Rebelio Shik is the mechaber of a sefer called Ein Eliyahu, and he was a big rav. Lida Rav, I think he was called, and uh, he was involved a lot, a lot of stories with him, with the Cantonist Gezeira um, in Russia, where they would take the boys to the army for 25 years, and he was very involved in, uh, in, 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 the, in, those type, in those stories. Now, he was a son-in-law of one of the Dayanim of the town, and I think he was even born in Volkovisk, if I'm correct. Um, so he was there, and he learned with him for about a half a year. The Rav of the city of Volkovisk was Rabbi Yamin Diskin, Rabbi Yaman Diskin is the father of Rabbi Yeshua Leib Diskin, the Maril Diskin. So the Ma- Rabbi Yaman used to have a little cheder for his sons, including the Maril. And, um, and Rabbi Tzikochanan was part of this group learning with Rabbi Yaman. In fact, in his Sefer Ber Yitzchak, Arachayim and Simon Aleph, Anaf Gimel, there's a shail over there, if you could do zechiyah in mechiras chametz, let's say you know another Jew is not going to sell his chametz, could you go do him a favor and sell his chametz for him without, uh, without him knowing about it? So he writes over there in that tshuva, v'ad karana milsa, I remember something, asher beis lemati, eitzel meiri v'rabi hamanoyach harav agoyin, meirein rabin yamin, haradna. After the city of Volkovisk, Rabin Yamin came the rab of haradna, gradna, so he says, I remember 
that when I was learning um, with my, uh, or by my uh, Rabbi, Rabbi Yamin, who was the Rav, eventually the Rav of Haradna. Also in Yaradea, Simon Chav Ches, Hanav Gimel, in Ahaga, he also brings um, from his Rabbi. In the preface to the Sefer, Livnei Vinyamin, from Rabbi Yamin Diskin, the Maizeder of Kreisworth, Zechreinu Levracha, was zeichet to be part of the publishing of that Sefer. And they write in the Akdama there, as children write, Ulesaper Kaltoldus Yimechayov, to say over, to relate all of what happened during his life, Tichla Machbere Shleim, it would take its own Sefer, its own notebook. But what you need to know is his Torah and his righteousness um, announces for him. And from the edges of the land, we heard about his Talmidim, the praise of his Talmidim, the Ga'inim. So as if, if you want to know about him, just look at his Talmidim. So the second Talmud they bring there, Kvayid, Haravagayin, Rebitzikachanan, Shlita. So that's who they, they show as... Rabbi Yamin's Gadlus, you could see in his Talmud, Rabbi Yitzchak So he learned in this uh, group together with Rabbi Yamin until the year Tav Kuf Tzadihei, when Rabbi Yamin left the city to become the Rav in Haradna. Who took over Rabbi Yamin as the Rav in Volkovisk? That was Rabbi Yitzchak Isaac Chavar took over his place. So if you remember a few weeks ago from the Shem Rabbi Yitzchak Isaac, we talked about um, chuvas that they had with each other um, later in time. But they see, we see here, he knew him from his days in Volkovisk. So for about six years, he was reliant on his father-in-law's table, meaning his father-in-law supported him, and he learned with an unbelievable shkeda, an unbelievable diligence, like the Nitziv used to say, Hashakten Hagadol, the most diligent of anyone in our generation, was Rebitzakochanan, who toiled in Torah more than anyone else, and therefore that's why he merited to, to be Hameshiv HaGadol, the one who answered all the questions of the generation. Now his father-in-law, besides for supporting him, had given him a dowry of 300 rubles, or some, it was a large amount of money at the time, and um, they had invested it with a certain rich person in town who lost the money, and when the Rebetzin, um, Rebetzin Kuchanan's Rebetzin came to him and asked him to get his mo- her money back, he said, I have nothing to do with you. Your husband's the one who gave it to me. If he wants to come to me, then we'll talk about it. So that was his way of pushing, pushing her off. But Rebetzin Kuchanan did not want to be Mavatul Torah to even go and talk to him about it. And she was crying to Rebetzin Kuchanan. Now you have to remember, let's put this into perspective. Rabbi Tzachanan was, this happened sometimes, sometime between, when he was between 13 and 19. So how old was she already? Also a teenager, a young girl. So she was crying to him that he should at least, you know, they lost all their money, go there. And her father came and asked her what's going on. And she said that my husband doesn't want to go, he's busy learning, he doesn't want to go get the money, your money that you gave us that he lost. And her father heard about it and slapped her across the face and told her one minute of his learning is much more precious than the entire dowry I gave you. And the Rebbitzin used to say this story over later in life in a very happy way. She was very happy about it. It wasn't like she was upset. So her father was, so to speak, in the Godless of Yitzchakachanan. Our Rebbe, Rav Revda, used to say over this story, and in fact, in Leiv Shleimai on Shavuos, in Maimer Zion, he brings this story um, as well to show um, about Bittu Taira. 
So when the sixth year was up and his father-in-law, you know, wasn't supporting him anymore and he didn't have his dowry, so he had received smicha, Rabbi Tzuchachanon, from Rabbi Yaman Diskin and from Yitzchakai Zechavar, it seems. And he accepted on himself the Rabbanus of a place called Zabelin, or today I call, they call it Izabelin or something like that, which is in the same neighborhood, about 10 kilometers southeast, southeast of Volkovisk. Um, and in a letter from Tovkov Tzadivav, and this is how we know um, when this was, Rishchidosh Sivan, Rabbi Yamin, writes to him, Reishis Dover, the first thing I want to tell you, Hinei Yekabel Me'iti Birchas Mazel Tov and Birchas Shalom. Hadar Rishtai Birchas Mazel Tov and Birchas Shalom. So he's giving him Mazel Tov on becoming the Rav in the city. Now this city, he was, uh, they, they did not really pay him a lot, and he was very, very poor, and in fact, Rabbi Yaakov Halevi Lipschitz writes that when years later he would remember this tkufa, he would like sigh, Mikiros Liboy. He said it was a sigh that tore apart the heart of anyone listening. That's how the pain was. And he used to say that at the time we were starving. He says that my wife and family, they would come, they would complain to me, and I had nothing to give them, and I had no way to get anything for them. He says, I would just turn my face to the wall with my Gemara, and I would learn with all my Kaiches and with all of my Machshavas, I would just immerse myself in the Sea of Tyra, and I would learn for hours straight, I would learn 20 hours in a 24-hour period. And he says, and that's how I forgot, and I was able to forget my poverty. But Lamaisa, he had no, no, he had no aids, his family was starving, and it came a point he decided that maybe he has to make himself a little bit more well-known to the world, to the Gedailim, maybe he could get something a little bigger. So he decided to go and meet some Gedailim. He went and traveled to the city of Karlin, and he had to actually, had, his clothing was tattered, he had to borrow a coat, he had to borrow a strimal, a fur hat, and he went to Rabbi Yaakov Karlin, Rabbi Yaakov Karliner, who was the Vgadol, the Mishkanes Yaakov. And when he came into his house, he, there were some Tamid Chachamim talking to Rabbi Yaakov Karlin about a sugya. And he was listening on the side. Again, how old was he? 20, 20 years old. He was young. And all of a sudden he said, I think your Shaila is a Beferish Echelkas Mechaikik in Evna Ezer Simen Samachay. And they were like, taken aback. Who, who are you? So he says, I'm the Rav in Zabelin. And the Mishkas Yaakov said, Oh, I recently, a few weeks ago, came across a tshuva from the Zablana Rav. Now, it's not clear if the tshuva was written to the Mishkas Yaakov or he happened to see it. About Bukhar, he said. Rabbi Yaakov Lipschitz writes that it's in, uh, it's in the Bar Yitzchak, Yerdea Simen Chav Hei. Um, it's not clear from the tshuva who he's writing to or when it was, but that's what Rabbi Lipschitz writes. It's a, and that tshuva in Yerodeh Chavhei is about a Kayan who received money for Pidgin Aben, and then he found out that he is a Ben Grusha, his father married a, uh, a divorcee, so he doesn't have the Kedusha's Kayan, and the question was, does he have to give back the money, and details of that Shiloh. Um, so once the Mishkanis Yaakov recognized who he was, he honored him very much, and in Karlin, he was there for three weeks in Karlin, and they were mechabed him, and many of the Gevirim gave him money to support his family, and he was able to go back with uh, some money to help support his family. In Tovkov Tzaditas, the Mishkanis Yaakov um, arranged for him to become the Rav in a city called Bareza, Baroza, Bez Aleph Reish Ayin Zayin Aleph. In English, they spell it B I A R O Z A, which is about 100 kilometers south of uh, where he was. 
This in this place we mentioned this in the Shir and Reb Yitzchak is when he got that Shiloh from the Rav of Raznoi about the get that in the place where it was written um, her her name was Davsa in the place where it was given it was Davsha and that whole Shiloh over there and that is. Um, how uh, how he uh, upsak for Rabbi Tzakai Zechaver? We mentioned the Pischechuva brings that down. That's we mentioned in that Shir on Rabbi Tzakai Zechaver. This is where he got uh, he got that Shiloh. He was all of twenty one years old or so, twenty two that neighborhood. And it's in Ber Yitzchak. We mentioned then Avon Ezra, Simon Ches, and Simon Tess. Another big parsha of Gitin that happened in this city was between him and Rabbi Isaac from Shavel in the year Tafresh Vav. It was a get that Rabbi Tzikachanan was misader, and for a shlichos, it was sent to Shavel. And um, when you make a shlichos, you make something called a harsha, which is that you give permission to the shliach to go make other shluchim as well, and stand in place of the Baal. And there's a big machlaikas exactly how to write the harsha. There's a tour, and one certain nusach of the harsha. There's a tour, and all the achrayim jump all over the tour. Lamaisa Rabbi Tzikachanan wrote it like the tour. And when it came to the Rebitzah Geizek of Shavel, see, this is in Chuvis Ateris Yitzchak, Simon Beis, he writes to him the problems he has with the Ged, he had a couple other problems too, but the Iker problem was the Harsha, he was very upset at him that he wrote the Harsha, and he gave him a lot of Shtarka Musa there. And Rebitzah Gachanan answered him back, and over there it's in it's Ateris Yitzchak, Simon Gimel is the answer back. It's also in Bar Yitzchak, Simon Yudalid, and uh, Tesvav. And he writes over there, just to show how angry Rabbi Yitzhak Shavu was, he says, and I, Rabbi Yitzhak says, I, I felt myself obligated I, I sensed from your letter that you know you were upset, you were sad, that you had to get involved in this. Therefore, I came to uh, quiet down your anger, to uh, calm you down. And there's back and forth in Ateris Yitzchak from Simon Beis until Simon Ches letters back and forth. And it seems he might have been Makabal, the words of Rabbi Tzikachanan. Um, in Rabbi Tzikachanan's tshuvas in Bar Yitzchak, at the end of Simon Tezvav, he writes, More of the Torah that was between us. In this uh, topic, like a Sabti case, I haven't written it down. Uh, because it's just too much. There's too much to to to, uh, to write down. So that was another big sugya that put him on the map um, with the gedolim of the time. In Tafresh uh, Vav, he became the rav of Neshvitz. Neshvitz is um, about 160 kilometers northeast of Minsk, close to Kletsk. Um, and uh, or maybe it's southeast of Minsk. I don't remember. It's in the Minsk area. Kletsk, I think, if I remember correctly, I was once in Kletsk. It's southeast of Minsk, even though I wrote in my note, notes northeast. Um, it could be it's southeast. And he was there in the city Nezhvitz for about four years in the Chuvas Ein Yitzchak, Simon Mevav and Simon Samaches. Those have Chuvas that the uh, date is in Nezhvitz in the years Tafresh Zion and uh, Tafresh Tess, um, 1847 and um, 1849. He was there until there was a person in Neshvitz who lost the Dintaira, and uh, because of that he squealed on him, he was malshin to the government that there's a Rav who's paskening Dine Mominus, monetary things, not according to the secular law. And because of this they opened a case against him, and every month Rabbi Sukhachanan had to travel to Kabrin, 
um, to go and be involved in, in, in the saga of his court case. And this went on for a long time, or for a while, and it caused a lot of bitul taira. And the city of Navarduk, which is not far from Nashvitz, heard about this bizayin taira. They were unhappy. They had connections with the government. It seems that they intervened, and Besaif, they were successful in getting, um, in getting the government uh, to, to drop the case. And they eventually brought Rabbi Tzokhanan to Navarduk to become the Rav. It's interesting, Rabbi Tzokhanan used to say he had big siyata dishmaya on his way to the Rabbanus in Neshvitz and the raid to the Rabbanus in Navarduk. On the way to Neshvitz, he stopped at a, a, a hotel overnight and he asked for a safer. And the only safer the uh, motel owner had was a Sidr Derech Achayim from the Nesivas. And uh, so he learned it and he reviewed all the dinim of Kriya Satira in the Sidr Derech Achayim. And um, the next day in Neshvitz, all of a sudden, there was a Shail in Kriya Satira and he knew the answer on the spot and they were all in the spal, what a bucky he is. And he said it was Siyata Dishmaya because he just reviewed it the night before. And on the way to Navardik also, he decided to be Ma'ayan in a certain sugya. And the next day when he came to Navardik, that's the sugya that the London started talking to him about, and he was proficient in the entire sugya. In the year Tafrei Shirches, his Rav Navardik, he traveled up to Kenningsburg, and he printed his Sefer Ber Yitzchak, that we mentioned a few times already. It's on Nadalich, it's Chuvas on Nadalich Chalkeh It's also Chidushim Al Hashas. In Tafri Shirches, he was invited to be part of the din, the Bezdin of the Machlaikas in Velazhin. If you remember, on the Shir and the Nitziv, the Nitziv, there was a Machlaikas with him, him and the Beis Halevi in the running of Velazhin. And the Zikni Hador were brought, Nachlas David, or Beis of Slutzker, and the Vilner Magid were brought to bring in, to uh, decide what to do. And Rabbi Tzuchachan was the fourth one. He was all of maybe 40 years old. The other Gedailim were in their 60s, they were much older. But he was brought in, that's, they, they knew who he was. And in fact, the minig was, when such gedailim came to Velazhin, they mechabed them with a the shear. So the mechabed, the older gedailim, they said, no, we're too old to uh, be mefalpel and, and, and fight and learning with the Velazhin or Bachrim and Yungalait. But let Rabbi Tzuchanan do it. And Rabbi Tzuchanan gave a shear on the beginning of the Sechta Baba Basra, and uh, they recognized who Rabbi Tzuchanan was. In the year Tafresh Chavdalid, so this is 1864, the Maril Diskin, who had been the Rav of Kavna, had to leave because of a famous Malshinus as well there that they, uh, they gave him over to the government. And it's, that's a whole story unto itself, which led him to eventually end up in Yerushalayim. And Rabbi Tzokhanan um, acquiesced for them. Some say the Maril actually is the one who arranged it to become the Rav of Kavna, Chavches Iyar, Tafresh Chavdalin. He became the Rav of Kavna. Now, Rabbi Chanan Wasserman, in his Kavitz Mamorim, Omud Pei Dalit, when he talks about Gedolim and Klai Yisrael, or Rabbanim, he says, B'chaleis HaGolos, throughout Golos, HaYatamid Shiltam Pnei Yisrael, there was always an internal rulership in Klai Yisrael. L'hachzik Hadas, to make sure the Torah is kept. Asher Kayach B'yadam Lanoish Eso Ivrim Aldas, and so much so they even had the ability to punish those who were not following the Torah. And he goes through from Gullus and he says, Va'akrin Shabam, you want to know who the last Rav who had such power was? Hayagoyin Bal Ber Benacha Yitzchak, the Goyin, the author of Ber Benacha Yitzchak, Mikavna, Kiyayu Choshevet Sorayam Amshala, he was respected by the government, Va'yudvarim Nishmoim Gam Eitzalachov Shemeameinu. And not only that, 
his words were heard even by the Chavshim Me'amenu, meaning to say those who are not from the Maskilim. And that's something very interesting about Rabbi Tzikachanan. He was, everyone was accepted, and we'll see this a little later in the Shir as well. They, they say that in every home in Lita and in White Russia at the time had a picture of Rabbi Tzikachanan. He was everybody's hero, so to speak. Whether you were a, cha, a regular Charedim, Litvaks, Chasidim, Maskilim, everybody respected him, even though he was from the old Dar. He was a, 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 what the Maskilim would call the old type of Jew, but everybody respected him. And you see Rabbi Khanan writes that here as well. His desire was, of course, only to sit and learn Taira, but very, it didn't take a long time for the news to travel that there's a Rav in Kavna that we could call Aviyam Shal Yisrael, the father of Kla Yisrael, and his home and his, his Kavna became a center for everyone. One of the Maskilim of the times, in his uh, histor- history book, in his memoirs, he writes that he visited Rabbi Yitzhak house, his house was wide open. It was constant people, Jews, f- asking for mercy. There were sreifas, there were uh, uh, fires, magefes, rav, there was hungers, gerushim, people were being expelled. And everyone would cry and beg and beseech him for help. And the Agunas Besoichem as well, and also Agunais. And Rabbi Yitzhak besides being known as Aviyam Shal Yisrael, he was known as the Aviyam of Agunais. People, women who were stuck, and not only women as we will see, but people who were stuck in situations where they needed help and getting out of, their husbands are missing, their wives are missing, How, what could they do? He was Aviyam Shal Agunais. Rabbi Shleim Zevin in the Sefer, Seiferim Vesvarim has a chapter called Agunais Pichuvas Rabitzagachanan. Agunais in the response of Rabitzagachanan. He writes over there when he just to to understand Kibaroiv Chuvaisa Machriel Tzareter. First of all, Rabitzagachanan admired the Kasiyat Dishmaya Roiv of his Chuvais. He is Mater. And he writes, Reb Zevin continues, Be'en Yitzchak, Arishan, in the first volume of Ein Yitzchak, there's over 70 tshuvas about Agunais. He writes, Rav of them are women, but there are a few of men as well who were stuck. L'chol Miksoy Sam, there's all types of Agunais. Whether did the husband die, there's problems with the Kedushin, problem with Gitin, V'chulai, all people who are stuck in situations, and all of them, except for one, Ebenezer, Simen Lamedalid, in Ein in Yitzchak, all of them, he's Mater, um, and the way Reb Zevin uh, um, categorizes, he says you should just understand. The tshuvas that he writes are not specific for that case, that you could say it's only that case. What Reb Zevin did is, he made Yisaydas. Yisayd ikari beheter agunais. Heitziv Reb Zevin. He made Yisaydas that other Rabbanim can learn from in Agunas. And one of his famous ones was called Trey Ruby. Two rives, two majorities. Meaning to say, when it comes to a lady who is an Ashish, a married woman, Chazal said, even if you have a rive, a majority that says the husband is dead, we do not follow that majority. Chumra de Ashish. For example, if a person, Rahman al Islam, 
is last seen drowning in an ocean, Mayim She'ein Lam Saif. So you say, right, people die in such a situation. No, you have to be chayshish for the miyot, for the minority that might come out on the other side. But Rabbi Yitzchak was mechadish. If there's another rive and another independent rive that also says the husband died, so then Chazal were machmer. You could put the two rives together. That's one of his famous bases for his heterim. And in fact, this was used by other rabbanim. In Ein Yitzchak Simen Chavvez, he writes, "Nishalti mikamer rabbanim." I was asked for many rabbanim aldasvina. There was a boat on the sea in America, and it sunk. There was a fire. And he writes them, he says, They felt there's a place you feel there that we could be lenient. This that you heard in my name, that you could use true two rives, and you want to know if I agree here. And that's what the tshuva is about. He also, in Simulam Aleph, he talks about recognizing a dead body through a photograph. Through a photograph. Could you use that to see? Again, the photographs. Could you use that as a proof that the person died? In Nachal Yitzchak, Simen Samachayan of Zion, and this is in Chayshem Mishpat, he also finds a way to bring in Aguna. And over there, he's talking about things that are not usually lent out. So he says, Maisim Bechal Yayim, that with Aguna is that we're Samach on their passport. Their passport, a pass, he calls it. A passport is not something you lend to somebody else. So if you find someone's passport in their pocket, in a pocket, you could assume it's theirs. Um, these are different um, modern, so to speak, things that he used and he um, and he talked about when it came to Agunas. Now there was one time in Agunas, just not not only a case of a dead husband or a, a dead wife or, or something like that. There was once a story came to him that one of the rabbanim in a city close to Kavna was matter a the meat of an animal that was shechted before it was eight days old. And he worked very hard to try to be matter the animal that, that, that uh, should be a good psak. And they asked him, why is he working so hard? And he said, this is also an aguna shaila. He says, because what's going to happen if they're going to hear that it's treif and this rav made a mistake and he has children and that are dependent on him and he's going to lose his parnasa. He says, anyone who people are dependent on, that's called an aguna shaila. And I have to work to make sure that he doesn't get embarrassed and not only get embarrassed that his parnasa won't be thrown out the window. And in fact, in Tafrei Shlamid Beis, when Ritzel Khan's son was sick, he dove into the Rabbi Nisham and he said, Rabbi Nisham, tens of years that Agunas came to me, and not only Agunas, Shaykhtim, Shluchet Tzibor, that people had tainas on them and there were issues with them. And he says, I always worked hard to find a heter for people who others were dependent on, who children and youngsters were dependent on. And if they, if I can't find a heter, who knows what will happen. So I dove into you, Rabbi Nisham, my son has his children depending on him, please have Rachmanis on them. That was his tefillah that he davened to the Rabbi Shalalam. Now as we said before he had a good uh, relationship with the government and he used that for Klai Yisrael. In his Sava, he writes, Kami Yigiyos Yagati Bishtalus Meruba Bezaz Hashem Lehechol Asachinu Bnei Yisrael Hoivdim Mitzava Machali Kosher Um... He said, I worked very hard to work with the government to make sure that Jewish soldiers have kosher meat. And he says he's hoping the city of Kavna will continue that. In the year Tafresh Chavches, um, 1868, there was a famine in Lita um, because of something, there was, there was no wheat or whatever it was, there was a lack of wheat. 
and they made a special uh, vad Tamicha, they made a special um, organization in Kavna that would uh, that would help people out and especially would give them um, meals every day, people who were mamish starving. Um, and Rebitzah was able to get together an un- un- unbelievable amounts of, of money from throughout the whole world, people with Gvirim would send him money. They knew that it was going for where it was, it was going to a good place, and especially here when so many people were starving. And that Pesach of that year, he gave out a psak that you're allowed to eat kidneys. Kidneys we don't eat on Pesach Ashkenazim. And there were Rabbanim who were Machmer, and the Rabbanim were Machmer because the Maskilim were pushing that the whole thing is, is not necessary, and so on and so forth. But he held it was a Shiloh Pikuach Nefesh, and he was Mitzdar of Rabbi Sol Salanter um, to also help him out with his Heter, and he was Matur Kitneus that year, um, Pesach. Those times, as we mentioned before, from the Maskil said that there were, there were Shreifas, there were fires, there were a lot of times very big fires. In the villages, Tafresh Lamish Vav, the city of Vilkamir, which is also not far from Kavna, between Kavna and Vilna, I passed through it uh, once. <coughs> there was a fire, <coughs> and any time there was, but this was throughout the villages, there were always fires, and every time Ritzokachanan would put all of his strength to go help and to get money to help rebuild. Um, in Tafresh Lamid Hay, there was a Kol Kairi that he put out not to buy a Sreigen from Karfoy. And this was a Greek uh, Greek uh, island. We mentioned this, I think, in the Shir on the Nitziv, because the Nitziv held that they were more kavim, that they were grafted. And there were a lot of uh, issues. People were saying that they weren't kosher. But if you look at the Kalkair of Ritzikohanan, he doesn't say that's necessarily the reason why he is saying not to buy it. His Ica reason is because they were h- hiking up the prices. And he says it was much too expensive. And he says, Mi idea, who knows? If we let them get away with hiking up the price of Esregim, they know Jews are going to pay for an Esreg, Esreg Mahudur, anything. Who knows what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen? He says, the, uh, the grapes uh, growers and the, and, the, and the wheat growers, everybody from all different lands are going to say, oh, the Jews, when they need money, they can figure it out and they're going to hike up the price. And therefore, he said that's why he's answering it. He also wrote, There's a chashash of a murkov that we have to find out. But it doesn't seem that was his ikr reason. He only wrote it was for Bashana Hazais. For this year, not to buy those Asraigim, but Lamaisa became an Isser Kavua in Litta and in White Russia to buy from these Esraigim, and in fact, in Tafresh Nanalif, he writes, It's already 16 years that I'm answering these Esraigim, and I still stand by it. I'm not sure if he says why, but the, listen, the Nitziv himself went out and said, that they are more Kavim, and, um, but this is, was Rabbi Tzikohanan. Now, this was a tkufa, the tkufa of Rabbi Tzovolajner's life, the tkufa of the Nitziv's life that we talk so much about, that the government was out together with the Maskilim to break down Yadus, and Rabbi Tzovolajner stood at the forefront of the fight to keep everything Tahara. And even though, like we said, he was from the old generation, everything was Tyra, you look at him, he's an old Yid, but the Maskilim were mechabed him, and when he said something, he quieted them down. And they held him as a Gain Hadari and they and they gave him all types of, of titles that were so not according to who they uh, espoused themselves to be. 
So, for example, there was a gzeira on teachers in Chadarim. In the beginning, the gzeira was that they have to take a test um, on secular knowledge from the government, and this was on the table off and on for 20 years that he fought against till it was bottled. Um, in Tavresh Membeis, the governor wanted to make a base medrash l'rabonim in Kavna, and he wrote a strong letter against it. Obviously, it wasn't going to be kefi the Ruach HaTayra. Rishol Salanter fought against it as well, and eventually it didn't happen. There was an earlier base medrash l'rabonim that was open that didn't work out too well either. Tavresh Nun Gimel, one of the French rabbonim, decided a takana, it's interesting, uh, it's recently, I think, not so long ago, people here wanted to do such a thing, to make Kedushin al-Tanai. Sometimes, um, sometimes, um, you know, there's a problem with getting a get or something like that, so if you can make a Kedushin al-Tanai, so then they make it on condition, and then if for some reason you can't get the get, so the mafre retroactively, the Kedushin will not be a Kedushin. And there's a sefer called Ein Tnai Ben Isuin, has all the letters from the Gedolim against this in the late, later generations, and Rabbi Chaim Eizu Gazinski writes over there about this idea. He says, V'chasher Pana L'Rav Rabbanan, when they turn to the Rav of all the Rabbanan, Hagoyin Maragoyla, Berein Rav Yitzhak Ochanov, Heishiv Ki Chalila, Chalila to do such a thing, V'nishtake HaDavar, and the thing was forgotten. So this was something else that he uh, that he fought against. In Tafresh uh, Nun um there was they made a iser that you're not allowed to even have a cheder. He fought against that. There were a lot of rabbonim gatherings in uh, Saint Petersburg and Petersburg. Tafresh Memal, Tafresh Membeis. We talked about this. All different types of gzeiras that uh, one of them closing down the yeshiva Valajin that he was a part of. There was also. Um, I could. I'm getting. I'm getting sound from the Bismedrish. Maybe it could be muted. Um. So, um, there were Xerius against Yeshiva Velazhin. There were also uh, pogromim. There were pogroms that uh, it came out that the government was really behind them, and um, and with Mesiris Nefesh. With Mesiris Nefesh, Rabbi Tzikohanan um, was fought against them and he actually made international um, news trying to be Mefarsimit and um, that there should be pressure on the Russian government. There were protests in London. There were protests in uh, many different places. Um, like we said before, his farim, there's the Ber Yitzchak, there's the Nachal Yitzchak and Chaysimishbad, Ein Yitzchak and Arachayim Yardeya and Ebenezer. Um, two other things that he was involved in: the Kavna Kailal in Tafresh Lamed Zayin. Rabbi Salanter, through the uh, an endowment by a rich person for Berlin, he made a uh, a, a Karen where the uh, the profits of that uh, institution of that investment would go to Chizuk uh, Hatayra, and Rabbi Yisrael decided that they're going to make a the Kavna Kailal. And um, he wanted one of the G'dayli Adar to be the head of it. So he made Rabbi Tzokhanan the head of the, of the, of the Kavna Kailo, B'tchila. In the beginning, Rabbi Tzokhanan did not want to be a part of it. He was too busy. But at the end, he decided that he is going to. And he was very involved in supporting it and getting money for it. Until the end of his life, like he writes in his Savah, K'moy kein 
how much I toiled and worked. Um, how hard I worked to be in all times of pressure. And uh, you, Kavna, were zeichet to be the host of this Torah, the Rabbim, Sheikh Ziktiba b'Mesiras Nefesh. He says, I was supported with Mesiras Nefesh, v'loichasti al-cholshus k'yichi b'mezig nasi. And I did not, I wasn't concerned that I was weak and old. I put all of my toil into the support of the Kavna Kaila, which support, which produced really the G'daylim of the next generation. Um... One other last thing before we get to his Petira, and that is Erev Shemitah. The Shemitah year was uh, Tafresh Memtes, 1889. He allowed a Heter Mechira to sell the land in Eretz Yisrael. He felt there were a lot of Russian Yidin who had emigrated to Eretz Yisrael. And because of Bikuach Nefesh, he, made a heter, he allowed a Heter Mechira only for that Shemitah. And he wrote, wrote very clearly, the sale has to be the land, its fruits, for two years. The workers have to be Goyim. And also he said it has to be with the Askama of the Bezdin of Yerushalayim. They weren't so keen on it. Um, that's why they ended up by Rabitzukhanan. And he says Hashem should help us that we should not need a Tayrim anymore and we should be Zaycha to keep Shmira Kidin Taira. Um <clears throat> Others were very against this, the Nitziv and the Rakhashokan, and they were very against this. Rabbi Tzokhan was matter for that, for that, uh, for that Shemitah. Now, in the beginning of Chaydesh Adar, Tafresh Nunvav, he got sick, and um, Rabbi Zevin writes that he heard from one of those who was an eyewitness to this, a Ben Bayis Rabbi Tzokhan, Rav Cheskin, that about a week before he was Nifter, in the middle of the night, he got up. And he got dressed and he said, oh, in my pocket here is a shaila. Um, in my pocket here is a shaila about an aguna. And he asked to bring the svarim and, and to be ma'ayin. They told him, you're weak. He says, no. And Lamaisa, he was mater her. And uh, the next day he wrote a tshuva to be mater. This was, he was busy with agunas till the end of his life. Rabbi Yaakov Alevi Lipshas has the story a little different, but it's the same idea. I saw one of the other Toldas makes it out to be two separate stories. Lamaisa, that's what till the end of his life he was busy with the, uh, with the Agunais. And Chatzais, the night of uh, Thursday night, Chaf Aleph Adar, Tafresh Nunvav, he was Nifter. And even though it was a Friday, Lamaisa, they came from far and near to... Uh, um, I'm sorry, they weren't able to come from so far for the Levaya. Still thousands came. It was a Levaya. No one ever saw such a thing. Rabbi Shalem Zalman Arbach says he heard from an eyewitness, someone who was at the Levaya, the father of the Tzitz Eliezer, Rabbi Yaakov Waldenberg, and he was there. And he related that everyone wanted to carry the Mita. Everyone wanted to carry the Oren. So the Bezdin and Kavna decided that every Dalit Amas, every four Amas, they're going to stop and they're going to switch who carries it. And whoever carried it, they would start carrying it and they would say, They would say that Pasuk and everyone would cry and, 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 and burst out in tears. And this went on every Dalit Amas. Can you imagine the Seder that was needed for these shifts to keep on switching? And um, Rabbi Shlomo Zalman, every time he would say this over, he would get tears in his eyes say, th- the, with emotion of the Kavada Torah that was shown to Rabbi Tzokhan. Rabbi Tzokhan was buried in the old cemetery in Kavna, and then he was moved to the new cemetery in Kavna, and now an oil is over his kever. Um, there's a, they just want to end off with one Maisa, his brachis 
um, brought, uh, were, came, uh, were Niskayim. It's well known there was once some war that many men were drafted and all the wives came to him and he gave them all brachas and the, all the men came back from the war. There's a Yid here in Cleveland. His name is Rebbe Avram Feivel Hakayin Kaun, otherwise known as Barry Kaun. Um, he has a business called Drycast. And his grandmother, her name was Fredel, Fredel Kaun, that wasn't her maiden name. She was from Kavna, and she was eight years old. She was leaving Kavna to come to America. She was ready on the boat, on the river by Kavna, to go to America. And Rebbe Tzikohanan, I guess, went to see them off. And he told her that if she will raise a Tairidika family, she'll be Zeichet Tarichas Yamim. And Shitaka was Zeichet to live very long. They don't know exactly. She was anywhere between 98 and 102. And he told me a postscript that he went to Bimenachem Avo, Rabbi Yankel Kohn, not related to him, who was the Mashkiach and tells Yeshiva, whose father was also Zeichet to great Arichas Yamim. And he asked him, he asked Rabbi Yankel, like, you know, your father had Arichas Yamim. And Rabbi Yankel told him, because my father had a bracha from Rabbi Tzikol Chanan, that when they come to America, if they remain from and they keep a Tzikol family, it'll be Zeichet Arichas Yamim. This was Rabbi Tzikol Chanan Specter, the Kovner of Avian Shal Yisrael, Schusayog and Aleinu. Have a wonderful day, everybody, and Kaltov.